0: The Alpha Sessions. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Alpha Sessions once again with me, Lucy Rowe, and today Ben Burwell.
1: Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for coming in. So, how are you?
1: I'm really well, thank you. Really yeah. well, yeah.
0: Really well. Really,
1: really well. I like that. That's a good. A, it's my first time doing radio. <laughs> your uh, first time. Yeah, I think uh, my few songs went well. I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm a happy boy.
0: It sounds good. It sounds good. I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about your music and what you're looking to do this year. And I'm interested particularly because you haven't yet released officially anything.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm yet to release on streaming
0: platforms. That's indeed, true. but you're incredibly active in terms of gigging, in terms of TikTok, which is a huge topic, as always, and social media. Uh, but first of all, take me right back to the beginning. What were your beginnings in music?
1: So um, my dad was a producer, mm. um, but he sort of quit the industry when I was pretty young, um, and out of purely his own sort of volition, like he was he was doing really well, he had worked with some really cool people, big gigs and stuff like that. But he um, he decided to step back from it when he had mm-hmm. me and my brother. And um, so I sort of grew up around music, uh, like as a baby before I really remember, I was in like, instead of hiring a babysitter, they just took me to the studio. So I sort of grew up on the laps of mm-hmm. like, some pretty decent sized artists and stuff. Nice. So I, like I was sort of surrounded by it from a very young age. Yeah. And then, my parents were very supportive of me growing up in terms of the music, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of, I tried to learn piano first with my dad. Uh, didn't go well. So they were like, <laughs> we should get another teacher. And then I changed my mind. I was like, I want to play drums. They were like, absolutely not. Way too noisy. No. So then I picked up the guitar. And um, yeah, so I started, in, started playing in school, and in primary school, and then sort of went on and just kept mm-hmm. playing and kept playing. And... Yeah, it's just sort of kept going, Mm -hmm. in a way. Uh, So I came to, so I've just graduated um, uh, from doing music at university, Mm -hmm. and uh, I sort of moved to London with the intention to become a songwriter for other people, so um, writing for other people instead of myself. Mm -hmm. But then uh, I bumped into some sort of promoters and stuff. They asked me to play, and then they kept asking me to play, and I discovered I really love playing my Mm. own songs. So yeah, sort of, almost sort of fell into my lap, and mm-hmm. I've just kept it up.
0: And for those who haven't heard your sound yet, what, how would you describe the way your music comes across?
1: So I think, like genre-wise, I write pop music. Mm. Um, I think there's, there's no denying that. I, like, I think a lot of people <laughs> want to be sort of mm-hmm. different and in indie, but I write pop music. Uh, I've got a, a lot of influence from like American folk music and uh, indie rock and stuff like that, but the stuff I write and especially the stuff I play in my gigs when it's just me and a guitar it's, it's, it's pop music
0: mm. I mean there's nothing wrong with a bit of pop no like, everybody, not. everybody loves a bit of absolutely pop not. It's and it's so popular broad. for a reason exactly yeah. well I mean how would you really define that now that's a huge question but I love talking about yeah. that kind of thing I've, been, I've like, been trying to
1: categorise my playlist yeah. at the moment I'm like what genre yeah. is this you know, like because what what, what, what are genres?
0: The lines are blurred mm-hmm. now, 100%. but I mean, do you think that's a good thing for musicians? 100%,
1: yeah. I think there's not um, as much pressure to sort of fit into a specific mm. box. I think you've got the um, sort of option to do whatever you want and sort of carve your own path, um, which is why I can get away with claiming that I've got influences from all over <laughs> and writing pop music. Well,
0: <laughs> most people do. Um, so you mentioned in passing you studied music.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um,
0: was that more of the business side of things? Would you do a lot of practical stuff, contemporary studies? Or? So uh,
1: my course was uh, titled Music Industry Practice, and it mm. sort of aimed to equip me with the skills to become a recording artist mm. um, and make a living in the music industry doing something I love. And uh, personally, I specialised in the songwriting side, mm. um, but it covered all sorts of things. So we're talking um, the obvious stuff like songwriting and production and a bit of performance but then I also did sort of contract law I did consumer Mm. psychology like so to really sort of like it was very holistic course Mm -hmm. which I found a lot of value in
0: Mm. yeah I think the business side of things is often overlooked 100% 100%. it's, it's really good to get into that contracts I studied a bit of contracts and they are heavy it's so
1: dense it's dull Uh, i'm not going to shoot it's dull (laughs) but it's important so uh it's something you. well i've tried to sort of retain
0: yeah do you think studying that kind of thing or studying music in general do you think it's affected the way you see the industry compared to how you did before or in a good way or 100
1: percent. so i mean you've got to consider that when before i was on this course you know i was 17 18 Mm -hmm. Uh, going, you know, I'm going to move to London, I'm going to be a musician. So there's sort of like a certain level of naivety mm-hmm. that comes with that anyway. But like having been in the industry for three years now, having sort of been studying through the lens of um, really like great industry professionals, mm-hmm. my tutors, um, I've definitely sort of got a vision of the practicalities mm. a lot more than I did um, when I was in sit form, for example. Um, But it hasn't dissuaded me. It's just sort of um, adjusted my expectations in terms of what's expected from me, I think, because I was sort of expecting to just write songs in my bedroom, you know, not have to do much work, maybe play the odd gig, but it's hard work. It's it's a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be.
0: It is, but I mean, you seem like you're ready for it though. Like some people, as soon as they catch a little bit of it and they experience it for a couple of years and they think, this is just too much because mm. at the moment, I think the way the industry is, it is a lot to pile on 100%, 100%. to an independent artist. But I mean, if you could change one thing about the modern music industry, would there be something that comes to mind?
1: Or oh, the industry as a whole. Mm. Um,
0: or even something tiny about the gig circuit or about streaming or?
1: Um, I would love for it to be sort of slightly easier to get through gatekeepers, if you get mm. what I mean, with sort of like, Playlist editors and um, radios <laughs> and uh, like I mean so it's and record labels for example like there's a certain level of like pro proactive proactivity is that a word being proactive yeah. about it um, so I you know I've, I've done a lot of just essentially cold calling emailing people messaging people like for example I emailed you guys I was like mm-hmm. I'd love to come on the show um, and I think once you accept that it's not so bad. But there is an element of, you know, I'm doing two jobs because I'm not only an artist and a writer and all of this. Like I'm not just a musician, I'm a marketer. Mm. So I'm I'm essentially doing digital marketing as my full-time job, alongside an actual full-time job as well. Um, So, That would, um, I don't know whether it's something I'd change, but it's something I'd like to be easier.
0: (laughs) Definitely, definitely. But despite all that, you sound like you're quite clued up about everything, which is good. In saying that, why until now have you not released anything in the past few years?
1: So um, I'm not a producer. Mm -hmm. I I mentioned before I've done production modules at uni and stuff. Uh, I just don't have the ear for it. And I frankly, I don't really enjoy it that much. Like It's not the side of music that... I enjoy doing. Um, So I wasn't really able to produce my own stuff. Like I I had the kit, I could record demos and send those out to people, but nothing that was good enough to be released. And um, producers are expensive, first of all. Um, And although I was at music uni a lot, like the vast majority of the producers I met were um, sort of like techno electronic music and like no disrespect whatsoever to that, like. That's a, it's just a different skill set. Mm. Um, so them producing me wasn't sort of what I wanted. And I think there's a certain level when you're starting out of perfectionism, mm. you're like, everything has to be right. And uh, I got very lucky and I got put in touch with some producers. Uh, so I met, them after one of my, met one of them after one of my gigs, he introduced me to another producer. And uh, we really hit it off, our styles really lined up, and um, they sort of wanted to invest in me. Uh, So we recorded three songs together, and that was last year. Uh, Sort of finished those up just about around New Year's, just before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, I then had a meeting with a record label, a relatively small one, but a sort of alternative folk label. And um, I went into it and I was like, I'm super excited, obviously. Uh, but I was like, I know that I'm not quite the right artist for these guys. Like, my sound isn't quite what they mm-hmm. normally have. So I was sort of wondering what the angle was. Um, but, you know, I met the most lovely guy who runs it. And uh, he was sort of, he just gave me some advice and we just ended up chatting for a while. And uh, part of the advice he gave me was like, you need a solid social media foundation to be releasing because you want people to listen to your tracks. Once you release, people are only going to be looking at your streaming numbers. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a, good audience to listen and people aren't gonna care once you release your next stuff where you won't get as many gigs and stuff. Mm. And I was like, I think there's certainly a degree of truth to that and I would not question the word of a man who's been in the industry that long. But it has got to the point now, sort of six months on from that conversation where I'm sort of plugging away at the social media and like, I just wanna get it out there. Mm. Um, And I think the longer I wait, the more of a perfectionist I'm gonna be about Mm -hmm. it. So I think I want to get something out there and I want to use it to promote myself on social media. So um, I think I started waiting because I was a perfectionist and then continued waiting because I wanted everything to go right around the tracks. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sort of at the point where I'm like, I've got to take the plunge, Mm -hmm. got to release something.
2: Words are coming out my mouth I don't remember speaking Automatic movie start I really shouldn't be sleeping Going home on the tube to fancy cars you can need breath fresh air Small talk and when did you get that scar And you won't just come back. You can try to find an answer Maybe it's hiding in your dreams Fireworks and backup dances I think it's a little lost on me You can try to find salvation If you think that it'll help you see Baby dreams and expectations I think it's a little lost on me I know where my next meal comes from It's the English American dream Let's not discredit America Those people know what messed up means Corporate castle suck their life Out of anyone who comes close Venus tried dry, we didn't even see the knife Till it was out my throat try to find an answer. Maybe it's sighting in your dreams. Fireworks and vacuum dancers. I think it's a little lost on me. You can try to find salvation. If you think it'll help you see. Paper dreams and expectations. I think it's a little Lost on me I Try and tell us who we're supposed to be I think it's a little lost on me Pointless job from my pointless degree I think it's a little lost on me I Try and blame my chemistry I think it's a little lost on me Did a thing with that knife and you can try and find your works and vacuum dances. I think it's a little lost on me. And you can try and find salvation. Wicked thing that it'll help you see. Her dreams and expectations. Think it's a little lost on me. The Alpha Sessions.
1: Uh, lost on me is actually a song I wrote when I was about 16 and then I shelved it and I didn't look at it until about two months ago
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, I went It's a really good chorus. I quite like this chorus actually I was like the chords are rubbish though So I changed the chords uh, and I was like, but i really like this chorus and then sort of picked the parts I liked from the rest of the song and sort of like rebuilt the song around that chorus um, and so so it's one I really like. Mm-hmm. One that, like, I played today because I love playing it. Like, I was sort of, I was talking to my dad about what I should play, like, which three songs. Like mm-hmm. I definitely finished with Do It To Myself. Like, what should we do for the others? And we are like, well, it needs to be upbeat, but we want some range. So we put Losing Time in the middle there. And I was like, what do I play first? I've got a few to choose from. And Losing Time might not be the best out of the ones I had in terms of, like, what I could choose. And it's not the one that, not one I've got recorded, but I was like, I just love it. Mm -hmm. Like I really love it and I really love playing it. And I think that comes across in a performance. Mm -hmm. When you enjoy playing a song, you're gonna sound better. Mm -hmm. Um, You're gonna sound happier and it's a happy song, Um, which is why I settled on it. Uh, So it is one that I would love to get recorded, Mm -hmm. but not one I do have recorded Mm -hmm. at
0: the moment. Interesting, well it's, It is interesting that you say you amended it in a way, like it's had two lives, you revived it, because that's a songwriting process that a lot of people struggle with, I think, is that when something has been written, that's the way it is, and then when you come back to it and you think, ugh, no, it's not not very good, and you just shelve it again.
1: 100%. But to
0: amend it is, is a good skill.
1: Yeah, I've got a few songs that I've amended. Um and I quite often have good choruses and then mm-hmm. I listen back to the verses I wrote when I was fifteen, sixteen and I'm like, these are like the lyrics aren't terrible. Mm-hmm. But musically it's not very good. Like it's just quite boring, aside from <laughs> anything else. I was like, you know, a song should like whilst the chorus is your catchy part, you know, that's mm-hmm. your hook. Um, that's your memorable part of the song. If your first verse isn't very good, people are just gonna turn the song off or skip mm-hmm. it or whatever. People aren't gonna care. Um so I think it's I've looked back on a lot of my old songs with the lens of are people going to care about this mm. um when they hear the first like three lines like two three four lines whatever it is mm. and I I thought they wouldn't when I listened back to it. So, um, yeah, I changed it up.
0: I mean, if you're happy with the new result, then that's a win. 100%. But there's something very sad about the whole commercial. Like, I was told as well when I studied, you've got to be thinking about the first 15 seconds or 10 Mm. seconds. And Mm. people's attention spans these days will just out the window. Yeah. And isn't that so sad? It is. There's no attention. It is.
1: So I remember in my first year when I started, um, I I had a tutor called Tanya. I love Tanya. Tanya is one of the most talented songwriters I've ever had the pleasure to sort of be in the room with. Um, but I'm a very wordy songwriter. Like I'm, I'm, a, I'm lyrical. Like I like, mm-hmm. I'm a lyricist first and foremost. I think so. I care about getting across um, as many words as I can. Um, and sometimes that makes for wordier choruses. Mm-hmm. Wordier, like it's not sort of like three words repeated throughout my choruses. They're wordy. And I remember I'd written this song. Uh, and I was quite happy with it and I took it to her for a one like one to one. And she said to me, like, I like the song. There's a couple of changes I would make and I made those changes. I was like, You're absolutely right. And she said, I changed the chorus, um, t- and it was a song called Old Friends and it just went and like the words were something along the lines of, Don't be afraid to make old friends again. Uh, that was sort of the tagline. Um and she was like, just, uh what about if it's just like old friends, old friends, old friends? And I was like, that would work for you but it doesn't work for me and yours is also a lot more commercial and i value that and i respect that but i couldn't bring myself to do it mm. i was like it's not it's not me it didn't feel authentic mm-hmm. and i think there's definitely finding a balance between yeah finding success and finding your own sound
0: yeah yeah i know i agree it's a hard balance to strike i feel um so if you're quite lyrical would you say your songwriting process is always Lyric based, or does the music come with the lyrics and the melody? So, when I'm writing
1: by myself, it's um, lyrics are the first thing I think about. I almost always have a melody in my mind when mm. like, the lyrics come, they sort of come together already. Yeah. Sometimes they'll come together already, I'll get all the lyrics down, I'll go, don't like the melody, so I'll change the melody. Um, but it's lyrics first when I'm writing by myself. But when I'm writing with other people, mm-hmm. I almost always get them to go, like, Lay something down. Like I tend to write with instrumentalists uh, mm-hmm. because uh, you know I'm a lyricist, and there are lots of brilliant lyricists out there. You don't need two lyricists on one track if you're trying mm-hmm. to find a balance. Uh, so if I'm just writing with one person, I'll tend to write with someone who writes really good instrumental, like backing tracks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll just get them. We'll get in the studio. I'll get, say like lay something down like, and then I'll jump on and put a top line on it and that's created some really interesting results Mm. and some stuff I love uh, like I've written for other people like Jack Schwab who we were talking about earlier Uh, yeah love Jack Uh, but yeah I'll get him to and it's disservice to say he's not a lyricist at all because he's Mm. awesome but uh, he um, sort of I said to him last time I was uh, in the studio with him I was like you know um, put something on the guitar like just play something and he played something I was like got it (laughs) <laughs> you know, like I had nothing in my head, and I was like, "As mm. soon as you played that, I don't know where this is going." Mm-hmm. And we ended, we did end up recording a demo of that song anyway uh, at some point, so uh, that might see the light of day eventually. <laughs> that's exciting. Uh, but yeah, no. So I think it's lyrics first for yeah. me, but um, that's. Uh, I don't like only doing that. Like I think you need variety in your writing. Yeah, of
0: course, of course. The second song you played seemed very personal, lyrically. And you did give us a disclaimer at the beginning earlier, you said that it's gonna be a bit dark. Yes. But it's still kind of upbeat in in the same. Yeah, so the
1: way I uh, describe that song is it's my favorite type of song to write and my favorite type of song to play because I describe it as um, two sad songs in a trench coat pretending to be a happy song. Perfect. So the music's very upbeat. Mm -hmm. Um, Like musically, you know, it's up tempo, it's sort of like major key and all of mm-hmm. that. But the lyrics are quite sad when you listen to it. Yeah. And even the melody, like if you're not listening to the lyrics, it's fairly upbeat. Um, but I think that I really like that juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. So, sort of having that um, way of uh, sort of almost surprising your audience uh, and also seeing who's actually listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And is this a personal kind of story? Yes,
1: yeah, so um, in my, so once lockdown hit, as a lot of people did, I really struggled with my mental health, Mm. um, and sort of ended up in therapy a few times and stuff, Um, and I'm a lot better now, and part of that is because I'm on uh, medication for ADHD now, Mm -hmm. uh, and sort of the symptoms of depression and ADHD go like hand in hand a lot of the time, so that's helped me massively. Um, But I did write that song very recently, because I find it a lot easier to reflect on stuff and write about mm-hmm. it. Like writing retrospectively comes a lot easier to me. Yeah. Um, because I'm sort of out of that moment. Um, and what I will quite often do is, in the moment, at, when I'm going through something, I'll write it down. I'll sort mm-hmm. of, you know, I've got hundreds and hundreds of notes in my phone uh, with just random lyrics, even if it's just a phrase, a few words.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, when I come back to write a song about it, I can scroll through and see if there's anything I like. Um, if I hit a roadblock or I look, look at a verse I've written and go, it feels a bit detached it doesn't feel sort of like emotional and raw, mm. like, you know, if you're writing a sad song and it's not emotional you're doing something <laughs> wrong <laughs> so I, d- I tend to have that to sort of look back on mm-hmm. um, for authenticity, I mm. guess to make it feel mm. more real, uh, which it is it's just written retrospectively yeah.
0: But I do also feel like losing time is it called Losing Time?
1: losing time is yeah yeah I do
0: also I feel like this one is kind of very relatable in some ways it feels objective like it doesn't feel like it's just your story because it's something that a lot of people are probably going through or have been through in the last few years which is a nice way to write uh, like a story
1: I've had a lot of people come up to me after gigs and stuff and say to me sort of like you know I've really moved by that song I really relate to that song and it's sort of like like it didn't surprise me per se, but like I was a little bit shocked that I was like, so many people are relating to the song. Mm. It's a bit sad in a way. But um, it's also really nice to know that sort of like I'm connecting with people on that mm. level. Um, and I think it's such an important thing to talk about. And I think it's not always easy to talk about. And I've had friends who, you know, I wouldn't really know much is wrong, you know, much is going on with them. Even if I are sort of, you know, it's not manly to talk about or whatever, mm. which is just, um, A load of something that I won't say on the radio Uh, but um, they and then they connect with the song and sort of it's easier to talk to them about it through that lens Mm. Um, and I think that's super important like if people can't talk about it openly then if they can relate to it Mm. in the form of music then that's really important
2: told I'm cynical, but I think I hide it well, it's nothing but a miracle, that I'm still on this carousel, oh I've been going round in circles, and I'm right back where I fell, took me more than 80 days But the world has told me all it needs to tell I'm terrified And I'm not really scared At all I swear I've tried but The feeling just won't shake At all I feel the world keeps spinning I'm rooted to this spot I find Everyone's moving faster but I'm losing time I'm losing time It seems the ground is caving in And I've stopped looking for a sign Everyone's moving faster but I'm losing time in time, always in time, always in time. I've been told to suck it up, but only when I speak my mind, I've been told to seek some help. But you know I ain't got time I'm making peace We're leaving in my wake A mess The man's peace A good home is any I guess I feel the world But I find everyone's moving faster But I'm losing time, I'm losing time It seems the ground keeps caving in And i some stopped looking for a sign I'm falling in slow motion Cause I'm losing time, I'm losing time, I'm losing time, I'm losing time. I feel better now and then But it doesn't tip the scale And I feel worse around my friends Cause they might feel like they failed And I'm holding on So my mom won't lose the son So my dad won't have to speak At a lonely chapel in midweek. So my brother won't reflect on men's calls and unread texts. So I won't feel the guilt if I live. I feel the world keeps spinning round. I'm stood so still, we intertwine one with the earth they to us i'm losing time i'm losing time i'm losing time i'm losing
0: time the alpha sessions how are you finding getting your music out there in through other means on online
1: so um i had over sort of i think it was the second lockdown i um sort of got into TikTok, Mm. I was like, you know, I didn't want to be one of those people who post TikToks, but I was like, yeah, it's fine because it's music, it's different. (laughs) Uh, So I sort of got it and wasn't having sort of massive success. And then I posted a really stupid video of, that I don't even remember recording because I was really drunk. And uh, I, I, for some reason, thought it'd be a great idea after I got really drunk in my halls to record a video of me playing the Scooby-Doo theme tune. (laughs) Uh, what's, new Scooby what? do, what's new Scooby-Doo specifically? I not not the this. first one. Uh, but yeah, and then I uh, absolutely stack it at the end of the video. <laughs> like I just trip over and fall out of frame and you hear like a big crash. And I saw it in my drafts the next day when I was, <laughs> you, know when you, you know when you're really hungover and you go through your phone, you're like, I don't remember last night mm. and I need to know what happened. Like, <laughs> have I posted to anything like, oh, like the beer fear was intense, proper anxiety. <laughs> and I found that in my drafts and I was like, that's a little bit funny. So it's stupid, but it's kind of funny. Might as well post it. So I posted it, and it got something mental. Like I think it was like two hundred thousand, or like one hundred fifty thousand views. <laughs> oh my god! Like yeah, it, it was mental. Um, yeah, I think it was like one hundred fifty thousand views, which was, you know, I was like, oh my god, uh, and then I went from literally about ninety, like nine zero followers, to ten thousand. In the next couple of weeks,
0: wow!
1: Um, and I kept posting, I kept posting, and that number grew and it grew, and I got up to a little over forty-five thousand, mm-hmm. um, like followers. And uh, so I had, a, you know, I had a cover of um, uh, "Best Song Ever," um, mm-hmm. One Direction it got like one point three million views. Wow. Uh, I had like a Harry Styles cover; that got like uh, quarter of a million views. So I had like a few really well-performing videos and then I had like everything was consistently sort of like ten, twenty thousand. 20,000. So I was having lots of success with it. Uh, then sort of I had my third year of uni, started and I was already sort of struggling with the load of social media, like the cognitive load of it and just the like the exhaustion, the burnout. And then um, my mum was diagnosed with cancer last year.
2: Oh
1: God. Um, and I sort of just stopped the music stuff a little bit because I was like, it's my final year at uni, Uh, I've got this going on, I just, I don't have the space in my life for it right now. I don't have enough arms to be spinning that many plates. So I sort of stepped back from the social media side of stuff and I didn't really post anything for about six months. And um, this summer I've just sort of, I'm getting back into it now, so I started posting maybe a month ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, so now I've stepped back into it, I'm finding it quite difficult. sort of recapturing that audience. And like I've still, like I'm very lucky in the sense that I've still got over 40,000 followers as a baseline. Um, but I'm lucky if I reach a 1,000 of those. Mm. Like I, I genuinely not sure for more than one or two videos, I have reached more mm. than 1,000 people. Um, which when I say it out loud, sounds silly, because I'm like, mm. you know, 1,000 people seeing my video, that's really cool. Mm. Uh, but then I look, look at it through the lens of social media, and I'm like, oh, I should be doing better, mm. these people are doing this, I used to be doing this. And I've found it can be quite overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was one of the things that definitely affected my mental health. Um, I think I've got a much better grasp on it now and a much healthier relationship with it. Um, But it is difficult. Like, Mm -hmm. it is just tough.
0: Yeah, trying to keep up that consistency. 100%. It is another full-time job, I think. On top of being a musician, having a job and then... Even just isolating TikTok on its own. Yes. social media in general.
1: So, yeah, I mean, just like uh, the record, you know, I take, um, even if I record loads of videos at once, it's taking quite a lot of time out for that. And then I'm taking time out to do a load of video editing, which is not like my primary skill set. It's something I've picked up, but it's not like what I do. It's Mm -hmm. not like my passion. So that's something I have to make myself do. Yeah. Uh, And that sort of increases that sort of cognitive load Mm. and that burnout. And, uh, yeah, but... (laughs)
0: <laughs> On the other hand,
1: you reach such a, you can reach such a wide audience. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, it's weighing whether that's worth it to you. Yeah. And for me, it is. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see another way <laughs> to really make it as easily, as consistently. Yeah. Not that it's easy in any way. Um, but but yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it's good that you've had that experience now, because for the next single, which is the final song we're going to hear from you, yes. when you start promoting that, whenever that may be, in the next month or two, it probably will, you'll capture that audience because you've already got them there waiting. And it feels like you've lost them maybe compared to how it was in the beginning, but as soon as you put something out there that's engaging and fresh Mm. and new, and like, what is this? We've never seen this before. Yeah, It would probably just come flooding back in. Yeah,
1: a lot of the content I've been posting since I've got back into social media has been me in my bedroom playing covers. And like, that's all well and good, right? There's a certain level of that that people expect from a musician on TikTok. But um, it's not that exciting, really. Mm. Um, the stuff that blew up was either like entertaining in another way, like funny or something, or like um, songs that really resonate with my audience, like Taylor Swift, Harry Styles, mm. One Direction, like those kinds of artists. Mm. Uh, and I will never get bored of playing their songs, mm. for sure. But I also want to be able to promote my own stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm hoping that once I sort of get that out there in a proper promotional capacity, in a professionally recorded mixed master capacity, rather than a kid in his room with a <laughs> guitar, uh, it might get a bit more attention.
0: Yeah, I think it probably will. Now the song is called Do It To Myself.
1: Do It To Myself, yes. And it's
0: just another very personal, lyrically...
1: Yeah, charge. it's very lyrically driven, yeah. uh, I think. Like this song, um, for me, one of my... So for this song, the three big implements for this song, I would say are Paul Simon, in nice. the lyricism, one of my yeah. all-time biggest influences, but his like clever, tricky wordplay, mm-hmm. like the way he puts together words he would never think about, like he's just phenomenal. Um, and I think I really try and embody that and this is one of those songs where that um, lyricism was really important for mm-hmm. me. Uh, Maisie Peters, uh, mm-hmm. probably my favorite artist at the moment. Mm-hmm. Seen her once already this year, seen her two more times this year later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just huge Maisie Peters fan and like just it's so good, it's so catchy, like lyrically very clever, but also like it's proper pop, like Mm -hmm. pure and simple, it's pop music and it's executed very, very well. And that's something I can like, Mm -hmm. I really look up to. And then the other would be sort of, I guess um, instrumentally the
2: 1975,
1: Mm -hmm. because the, so whilst obviously you'll hear me with an acoustic guitar, like it was written in my bedroom, uh, and that acoustic guitar, that exact one is on it with that exact part um, it's almost got a more garage bandy feel, like mm-hmm. sort of you know you have got your drums, bass, like lead guitar, and it's like big, like upbeat, like garage bandy song. So yes. 1975 instrumentally were definitely an influence on sort of like lead guitar parts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, it's a mishmash.
0: <laughs> That's good. We love a mishmash. Yeah. yeah. Uh, are you looking forward to the release process, or is it kind of daunting because it's your first one, it's your debut?
1: I mean, I'm incredibly excited. Like the stuff I've like, I've had so many new experiences like in the lead up, like being able to talk about it with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had the photo shoot for the single cover recently. Mm -hmm. I mean, just getting in last year, being in the studio and sort of like, it's just such an awesome Mm -hmm. experience. Like, you know, like parking up in a recording room opposite like Arlo parks next door (laughs) or something I was Like this is, this is so cool. Um, So on that side of it, it's been awesome. And I'm so excited like for the build up for people to hear it but yeah it's stressful it's daunting like it's um sort of like it feels a little bit like everything i've done up until this point has sort of culminated here um so i want it to go well of course i do um but it's uh you know the songs it's i didn't want it to take itself too seriously Mm. like i wanted it to be fun first and foremost like i want it to be fun i wanted to feel authentic Mm -hmm. uh so i'm trying not to stress too much because <laughs> i i want it to be laid back in yeah. terms of like I, I don't want my stress to come across in the marketing process um, i think
0: you'll be all right though. i think you've got this all under control yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited
1: got, i'm excited i'm
0: excited we're all excited so we're going to hear from you in a second your last song but um, for now if anyone wants to find you on social media what Mm -hmm. should they look for or where are you most active
1: so ben.burwell on both um tiktok and instagram and i dabble in threads now dabble in threads we're Uh, dabbling we're dabbling but yeah tiktok and instagram so tiktok is you'll see a lot more content from me in terms Mm of uh like covers like me actually playing uh instagram is where i post everything about my gigs and stuff like so if you want gig information, it's ben.burwell and that's B N dot b-u-r-w-e-double-l.
0: Beautiful. Well, Ben, thank you for coming in. I've had a no lovely worries. time.
1: Yeah, it's been lovely chatting <laughs> to you. Thank you for having
2: me in. I've got a radio Tune into FMU without the M sometimes. Oh, I'm joking, so coping, it's easier to lie. Some bursting with thought of you like stars that film the night. And I'll find the words for you in a silly hiding seat. Between my thoughts and my mouth, I won't win, so I won't speak. I'm not a poet, I can't hear my lines. Maybe a wordsmith, the word just feels too kind. I'm no romantic, love me if you're so compelled. I'm not a martyr, cause I do it too much. got a TV behind my eyes The satellite is broken And it's static of the time When it's focused, you're the closest Things in death in paradise so I don't know what's gonna happen But it feels like you might And that's what happens when we watch it But I can't just say those words Gotta write it down, revising then we curse. I'm not a poet, but I'm gonna be your smile. Maybe words wordsmith, but the word just feels too kind. I'm no romantic, Love me if you're so compelled. I'm not a martyr. Did I do it to myself? I lost you once, you can't do that again. But I found you stronger than before. I know you think about it now, man. You found me stronger than before. I'm no believer. There's something heavenly. a dreamer, what you say we meant to be. You've something timeless, fade into the evergreen. I'll photosynthesize the love for you and me. I'm not a poet, I can't be just my Maybe words. The word just feels too kind. I'm no romantic. Love me to so compelled I'm not a martyr. Could I do it to myself? To myself.